0: Well good morning <laughs> Well, just a moment Taz, can you hear me? Good morning, everyone. Uh, we have a delightful guest today. Anthony Jude McGinnigan has been exploring the landscapes of consciousness for more than 25 years. His journey has included formal training in psychology, computer science, and religious studies at California State University in 1985. He is a producer and host of the Vibrational Voyage radio program and founder of the New Consciousness Rising. And today, Tony will be sharing what he does Exquisitely, and that's mapping out with astrology the roads that our universe is traveling at the moment over the next month or so. You're now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm
1: Taz. Well, he's back with us indeed. Tony's organic path of discovery has included experiences as diverse as the Mayan Solar Initiation, remote viewer training, studies in cosmology and astrology, various forms of shamanic practice, and more than 30 years of meditation and contemplative practices. His mentors are an array of modern luminaries, including Hans King, Father Charles Moore, Hans and Terence McKenna, um, excuse me, Hans Butzman, Terrence McKenna, Alan Watts, Osho, and Dr. David Morehouse, and many more.
0: Well, Tony is an author of a popular book, which is one of my favorite, *A Voyage in Consciousness*, and as well as two forthcoming books, *Ecstasy of the Everyday Experience* and *Experiential Cosmology*. Well, Tony, we're so excited to have you with us. Welcome back.
2: Thank you. You guys, uh, I was thrilled to get the call, um, and it was—it was, seemed so uh, nice. Um, I always enjoy talking with you guys, personally or or in a. In an inter- interview like this, but this is my uh, 52nd birthday today too, and I know you guys oh! didn't know that. <laughs> Happy birthday! No, and, and
0: your birthday's on the eclipse and full moon. Yeah, <laughs> how good can you get it?
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So it's it's very fortunately timed, um, and so I want to thank you and the universe for moving this way together with all of us and with me i feel blessed thank you
0: mm-hmm. even well, though it's hard some... getting
2: through <laughs> persistence pays <laughs> off it's necessary yes
1: yes well well you know it's it's amazing how all these planets are just around us and and helping us to become alive <laughs> becoming, you know, changing that unconsciousness to consciousness, and uh, it's pretty amazing what we're all going forward on, and wow, to have you at our, uh, in our pocket delivering today, this is going to be so good, Tony.
2: <laughs> well, thanks. I'm, I'm glad uh, that, that you felt that way, and I, I think it's um, a <clears throat> wonderful adventure that we're on together here today, so I, I think I would preface it by saying we're really just doing something resonant. With what we're all doing, you know, we're, we're doing a little bit of a discussion and a commentary right now. But the amazing thing of the place that we are now in our experience together, in consciousness, we actually, you know, uh, are existing in something together. Well, we're, we're in the midst of a great process. We're not just spectators here. We're directly involved in what's going on. So it's fascinating um because now when we reflect on these things and we begin to talk about them, these aren't just theories. These, this stuff's happening. It's going on right now. And so uh, it's exciting to have the uh, the moment and the opportunity to kind of reflect on some of these things together.
0: Hmm. Well, the I think it's pretty powerful to have the eclipse and full moon, you know, right at the same time, you know, yeah. right now. As we speak, it happened at noon, right?
2: Yes. It's happening right now. I think the uh, the uh, I'm thinking the exact time for the uh, eclipse, like the the exact opposition of the sun and the moon, which is the, like the midpoint of, of the eclipse. Of course, it can occur. It's a uh, I was going to say if it's a solar eclipse, it moves across the face of the Earth, so that local time varies greatly. Um, but at the exact moment when the moon and the sun are opposite, that's the exact time of the the uh, Full moon, and I believe that's about 1 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time today. So um, um, during Mm -hmm. our, our, you know, our adventure, our discussion today, that uh, it's it's actually happening. And now, matter of fact, we're just starting here at 12:30. So at the very midpoint of our discussion, at 1 p.m. local, um, we will have the exact central balance point of the full moon.
0: So <laughs> I guess Spirit wanted us
2: to do it this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <It's> like
1: it. <laughs> so this is uh, this is this a Taurus Scorpio uh, eclipse? and and if it is, then what does this really mean? I mean, what are we stabilizing here? What are we digging deep into?
2: Now here's something that's absolutely fascinating that we can start with the uh, formation for this. Um, Mm -hmm. the moon and Scorpio are together. And so say that we were in a part of the world on the other side of the planet, like India. And we looked up in the sky right now, we would see the bright full moon right next to the planet Saturn. And we we would see them in the midst of the constellation um, Libra. But Libra, if you, look, if you look at it, when Scorpio is fully up, so if we were far south, like in India, we'd be able to see Scorpio fully up at this time. And it appears where the position of the moon and Saturn are together that they're at the tip of the claws of the scorpion. Because you see the scorpion and his tail coming around, or her tail. And you see Libra actually would be in the position to form the claws of the scorpion. And so the moon and Saturn are together there visually right now hmm. at that spot as the exact moment of the, uh, of the... And it's also a partial lunar eclipse. So wherever you would be observing that, like in India, you would be able to see the shadow of the Earth partially across the moon and the moon and Saturn together at the, at the tip of the scorpion's claws
1: mm mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. I mean, mean just the visual it. part of it. So maybe it's all the the scorpion is the one who really digs deep into stuff and it's like the moon the moon is giving the light maybe to see what we're digging for.
2: <laughs> nice, yeah. Well I, I, I love that you that you touching on that, how it resonates for you. And that's something this is so so encouraging to me. That, you know, we can all do this. We're all learning this language. There's, a, there's another language. And you could say, the way I kind of reflect on it poetically, is the language of the sky. That you mm. just expressed it. You just gave us a phrase in the language of the sky. And I feel that that is something that's happening right now for everybody. Now, not everybody is interested in it or paying attention to it. But I think this kind of thing, this flourishing of the depth of our experience, is coming up over and over again in all sorts of places. You can see it artistically. Uh, Just a good example. Just went to see that um, movie, the remake uh, about the Wizard of Oz, Mm -hmm. the great and powerful Oz or something like that. It was marvelous, and it was brilliant, and it really reflected uh, a sensitivity and awareness of other states of consciousness. That's what the movie kind of uh, plays with and and reveals. Or maybe it it strikes really, really similar in... um, like with the afterlife to me. And and I won't say a lot about it because it's a marvelous movie and I hope a lot of people do go see it. But that is an example. That's happening right now. That's part of our experience, part of our expression. So I'm observing that this is going on all over the place. And where I get the most joy and immediate, um, 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 you know, it's just thrilling for me. Where where When my attention goes to the sky, I have... Joyful experiences, even ecstatic experiences, sometimes just from watching the sky. And so I'm, you know, and I'm saying that's happening more now. I'm seeing more of it, more that that depth, that richness is erupting. We have a lot of challenges, but we also have amazing things that are happening right now. Stunning.
0: It might just be me, but I, I went out and looked at the stars last night, and they just seemed so much brighter and clearer. It oh. could just be my observation, but it just seems the sky just seems like it's. Turn the switch
2: on, even brighter. Well, and your attentiveness is is magnifying it then too. I mean, you're out there seeing it, but you're feeling that the, you know, more of the energy of it. You're 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 out there to really kind of behold it. And I feel what I observe is that things come alive when that happens. You know the uh, the scientists. It's amazing what they were discovering about experimentation at the Subatomic level. When was this? Eighty, ninety years ago? Somewhere in there. And they discovered that the observation of these tiny little interactions, these particle interactions, changed with observations. It was. I still don't really understand much about quantum physics, but I remember that this was an this was an experiment where they saw consistently an experimental effect when the observer was paying attention, and so. It's like, oh, okay, that's pretty interesting, weird, but so what? Well, now it's starting to become more apparent. Observation at all levels, not just in tightly controlled scientific environments, but observation, attentiveness, has a synergistic effect. And we are actually now in the process of discovering what that synergistic effect is. And when we do things like observing something beautiful or doing something creative that really resonates from deep inside us, that that's what we're doing. It's like there's a wave moving in experience and consciousness. And we touch it. We are touched by it. We tap into it. We resonate with it and we magnify it when we do these things, whether it's observing something beautiful and just appreciating it or, or doing something ourselves um, that resonates with it.
0: Now we were talking about Scorpio. Just isn't Scorpio have uh, hidden secrets or? Things? Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely, absolutely. And Pluto rules the sign in Scorpio, so you're right. But the Scorpion, the clones here, you know, are they're always depicted right out. But the Moon and Saturn are out there. So um, one of the things that's that's resonant with this event is, because we have a we have a grand trine going on right now. So Saturn and the Moon are together, and we also have a grand trine with Neptune and Ceres. Well Neptune is the ruler of consciousness, right? The ocean, ruler of the ocean, Pisces. And Ceres is an asteroid that relates strongly to the to the harvest, but also to mother. Mother. Ceres the mother. And so we have this synergy, this very strong harmonic synergy going on right now between the moon and Saturn, which is about making... Uh, Saturn's more about manifestation and concrete. And so drawing forth from the, you know, for, from the possibilities and our, our sensual awareness, the moon, rhythmic awareness, vibrational awareness. And Saturn's helping us to bring that. Or it's showing us, again, how attentiveness and focus are related. You know, when we focus on things, there's a, there's a synergistic effect. Well... We have Neptune and Ceres working together. So how does the mother energy, the harvest energy, work with the universe? Well, they're inextricable. That's why we have a spring. That's why we have a a harvest in the fall. That's why we have motherhood. So there's a basic rhythm here that is working itself out and making itself present and known. And this this, um, eclipse it is full moon is very fortunate it seems to me and it's full of all sorts of resonances that tell us about us getting more and more in tune and more and more aware that includes a lot of intensity but we're getting much more dialed into the energy of of how things are really working in consciousness in human experience it seems that these are things that are what i'm saying i'm not trying to be literal and all scientific about it i think that's where we start to get into problems But maybe we can all just kind of be more poetic, playful, musical with what's going on and let that express itself through us. Maybe we wouldn't argue as much about meaning or beliefs. Maybe we'd just start to create some interesting poetry and music together.
1: Hmm. How does this (laughs) all affect what's going on now politically and that kind of thing? What does that what does that have um, in connection here so that people can see how um, maybe things are being brought to the surface or, you know, exposed and things like that?
2: Well, um, we have something going on concretely here that's very strong and it's very personal for people uh, who are directly impacted by the presence of the United States we who live in the United States, but everybody else in the world is basically impacted by the United States. I think that's a pretty reasonable statement. Mm -hmm. The United States has a birth chart, which is based on the signing of the Declaration of Independence, as I understand it. And so that goes back to 1776. And so the birth time and place, you know, Philadelphia, and the the hour, I forget the exact hour, I have it here. But... um, it puts the sun at about thirteen degrees of cancer, I believe it is. And I'll have to check that in a second. Um, so Pluto right now, for the first time in the life of the um uh of the United States, Pluto's making an exact opposition to the sun. Pluto's actually fairly close to an exact opposition with the natal sun, so it's almost a complete Pluto cycle, which is fascinating. So this has a regenerative effect. You know, what does the sun do? The sun is about how you live, how you shine, right? Mm -hmm. We all have sun aspects. So Pluto is coming around opposing and saying, okay, so what are you up to? It brings that that regenerational energy directly into an opposition with with the sun. And so there's, there's a potential for... Things having to be realigned, there is potential for, for regeneration and rebirth, but it also um, has the potential to be disruptive. And even um, when misused to be destruct- destructive or to the degree that we're working in a destructive manner, it could accelerate that. Because it would, it would tend to demonstrate more and more to us what the real quality of what we're working with is. Pluto's also very much about the deep, deep energy, like the life force the essence of the life force. And so how do we use that? How are we employing our lives and the energy and all the goodness and the deep resources that we have? How are we using them and what are those secrets? Pluto again, Scorpio again. Mm-hmm. And Pluto's actually over right near the the heart of the the galaxy just near Sagittarius. So it's a little past. It was flying through Scorpio in in the preceding years, you know probably when was it in the uh, 80s and 90s Pluto was going through that part of the sky. Hmm. So Yeah, it's it, to me, yeah. it's, it's fascinating. Now, what that says to me is that there's a regeneration process that's underway here for the whole world, and it's manifest with that. So it, it definitely resonates with change, deep change, regeneration, secrets being told, and uh, it's about... It could be about the misuse of power, but that's what it already is. So maybe that's it's just showing us more clearly what that is. But maybe it's also showing us something about how that power can be regenerated, rebirthed, recreated, redirected. I think that's absolutely alive in what's going on here right now. That's also being shown to us. So
1: is the sun moving into Taurus? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is the sun moving into Taurus? then um it's you know it's
2: physically it's, yeah um i should i should look directly at it here yeah well it's in the sign taurus but that's a calculation that's made according to the positions of the equinoxes because there's a slight difference between the positions of the equinoxes in, and 0 degrees aries in the constellations they're off by about you know what 20 30 degrees something like that um because of that when the sun is in taurus it's actually in, under aries beneath the ram right now so we have that too we have this thing going on where we're actually now recognizing the similarities and differences between the actual positions of the stars that's I, I get i get really excited about normal zodiac uh, was it tropical astrology because it's a good mm-hmm. story it's an interesting story and it's valid but there's a very, very interesting story also going on, which is with the sidereal astronomy. You know, what is the actual position of things? What are they doing? What are they What are they telling us? And like that, that whole thing right now with the scorpion holding the full moon and Saturn in its claws. I, I just think that's... A, <laughs> it, it, it's, the, it's the universe showing it, painting us a picture.
0: Yeah, a living yeah. picture. It, yeah. You know, when you were talking well, about Pluto, when you were talking about Pluto, I'm going to back up a step... Um, and you said secrets are coming. What came to my mind was there's a lot of inventions that have been uh, put under the rug or uh, hidden. And I think uh, a lot of these things might be coming out now.
2: Yes, absolutely. Well, and Pluto right now is making a square. Um, this is part of the big Pluto-Uranus cycle. And usually I know these numbers really well. I, it's somewhere around 135 years, I believe, Pluto and Uranus. They were conjunct in 1965, 60, 65, 66, I think, it is 67. You know, and, and they were very close to each other for you know 10 years on either side of that time frame. Well, now they're 90 degrees apart. So Uranus has spread itself farther around the circle, but because Pluto was moving in the fast part of its orbit, it kept pace with with uh, Uranus. Pluto and Uranus stayed relatively close together, so it took 90 years out of a 135-year cycle to make the first 90-degree angle in the circle. So we are right now there. That's where we are right now.
1: When we're talking about Uranus, we're talking about unexpected circumstances. Yeah, and and things that happen in Pluto's like the atomic energy uh, explosion.
2: Um, yes, that's you know, one that kind way of thing. that it that it resonates. It, another way that it resonates is like the Keshe Foundation um, revelations that are becoming more recognized now, about what they're talking about with plasma uh, reactions and magnetic uh, technology. Um, Those things would also resonate very deeply with Pluto and Uranus, uh, both in terms of power generation, the discovery, uh, uh, something that is favorable towards peace, um, Mm -hmm. but primarily because it's favorable towards the people. Uranus, especially in Aries, would be about great realizations and discovery for the people, because Uranus is really about what we do together, what we create together. It's a complement to the sun, how we shine. Well, how we shine together, what we do together is Uranus. So there's a struggle in that energy with Pluto and Uranus. It's, it's working, you know, we can see it. There's a lot of struggle going on here inside yeah. us and outside us. Yeah. So that's it's part important. of the process that's natural. So how, we're learning to move with it, work with it. That's what we're all doing right now. We're trying to work, work that out. It's
1: creating a so, lot of creativity, I think.
2: That's also a potential in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah okay. So then, so um, this the sun. What, the sun is like in um, in Aries right now. Is that what you said?
2: Yeah, yeah it's was, in Taurus. Fine, but it's uh-huh. physically. I should just look at it here cause I was heading
1: worried. into Taurus, I think, or something. Huh?
2: Yeah. So it's, if you look at it, like if I have Star Walk on my yeah. iPhone. <laughs> So if you get a, uh, uh, if you could get, um, and I should have posted some uh, images of this. I didn't think of that, but I could post some after the the discussion today. So if you look at Twitter, and look at um, look, uh, sometime later today I'll put some of these images up so you can actually go see them, um, and just look at NC Rising at NC Rising. That's short for New Consciousness Rising. That would be a place to go. And you can find that also if you go to the website, which is ncrising.com. And I'll put up some images so you can check them out.
1: So Aries is like it's really um, really speeding uh, toward this change. And then what happens when we go into Taurus? Does it slow down and bring things more to, uh, uh, to get it into place or something like that? How does that work?
2: Um, so... You know, a lot of these things, like like you were kind of weaving together earlier, Taz, when you kind of gave your, your feeling on what the, the energy of the moon is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's always a synergy. There's always a synthesis that's going on. Or you could say this. There's a synergy. Things are acting together. But when we put our attentiveness together with that, we catalyze it. So then we make it. That's how we bring the creativity, and that creates a synthesis. We do something with it. So right now it's amazing the sun is right underneath the 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 head of the ram and it's together right there very close within a degree or two (coughs) to mars and mars and venus have just been together they just initiated a brand new um cycle the venus mars conjunction i think it was like on april 6th or something like that and before that Uh, Back in March, and I think it was when we had our last uh, discussion, this was about to happen, Um, the Sun, Venus, and Uranus all had a conjunction together on the same day. And this was just days before the new Venus-Mars cycle started. And so right now, this is still happening right now. The Sun is literally just, just past Mars. It's just one degree behind Mars, and Venus has actually just passed the Sun. So right now, the Sun will move out past Mars, farther and farther from Mars, and Venus will spread out from the Sun. It's kind of like they were all mostly together, and now they're going to spread apart. And so we're actually seeing that. It looks frozen in time to us. But it's actually, you know, that's what's happening right now in the in the movement of our universe. And it's, I love stuff like that because it kind of paints a picture. In your mm-hmm. mind, and with the tools that we have now, you can actually observe this. So that's that's even more interesting when you actually see it visually and p- kind of play around with it.
0: Well, it's like uh, the masculine and feminine are cooperating with each other.
2: I mean, it's like yes, yes. Yeah. What else does it? What else does it tell you? Anything else? You get any other impressions? Venus and Venus, Uranus, and the Sun.
0: It's like a dance.
2: Yeah. Nice. Um, and what do you Taz? What do you get?
1: Well, I think it just—it's it, uh, working together, and it's—and you feel the the um, you see the cohesiveness of of people really wanting to work together. I think I like it, it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And also maybe the. Um, Mars um uh, uh, reminds me of war so and the Venus is coming in and, and, and mellowing that part out maybe.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Well, and the emphasis that right now is on the mother. because uh, today you're uh, it, uh let's see the mother is making a trine with, with Neptune. That takes a while and it works itself its way through, but the moon happens to highlight that right now. So the moon, Saturn and um uh, or moon and saturn are together but the moon is coming along and hitting a grand trine that's happening right now between saturn neptune and ceres and so it's highlighting that and one of the effects of that is there's a uh, internet site for astrology that i read occasionally and i i really enjoy it because they look at the fixed star influences and it's called darkstarastrology.com. Really wonderful stuff. Just They just do occasional blog posts, but it's I think it's very insightful. And um, they talk about the um, the formation that's in the sky specifically for this eclipse. So there's another angle on that that I think is really interesting. Um, yeah, so it's a very, very strong. And it brings that mother energy back in as you're observing, Paul, see. Um I think it is. There is an ameliorating force that's here that's trying to ground us back into the essential energy of our own being. We've been we've been somewhat alienated or dissociated from ourselves, it seems, in, in this adventure that we've been on for quite some time. So now is part of a process of emerging into a different state.
1: You know, it's interesting how Doctor Greer is the Dr. Stephen Greer has uh, brought his his documentary and even the uh, live online disclosure information about UFOs. Yeah. So uh, all of this is being highlighted.
2: Yes. Well, and I was very interested. I thought it was happening this week, but it's not happening until next week. The Citizens Hearing on Disclosure. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can find that. There's stuff on Twitter, Facebook. Um, There's a website, I think, as well, um, Citizens Hearing on Disclosure. And Congressman Lynn, uh, Congressperson Lynn (laughs) Wolsey, is uh, one of the people involved. She's kind of presiding, as I understand. But Stephen Greer's involved, uh, Stephen Bassett, and a whole bunch of other people. And there's some really cool stuff. I just found today a little promotional thing for it, which is a, a piece And what's fascinating about that is that what's really there is, I mean, part of it is an argument still over, you know, the fact that this stuff has been going on for a long time and there's been official secrecy about it. There's been lies, and people are annoyed with that, to say the least. But there's a bigger thing going on, and you can see it in the promo. If you look at the promo that's on the Facebook page for the Citizens Hearing on Disclosure, and what they're talking about there is a, a transformation for civilization. And there's an opponent, one of the people, who's saying, yeah, this is really happening, and it's actually already disclosed. What are you, what's the big deal? It's not going to transform civilization. I mean, he, he's basically laid his cards on the table. He's a military general, Air Force general, and he's saying, okay, so this this is established. What's the big deal? <laughs> and, and the other person is saying, well, the big deal is, is that this thing has the potential to transform us. Um, it's a game-changer. And uh, he says, "No, it's not going to. This is not going to transform civilization." Well, th- so there's part of the the dynamic that's being played out. So even when the truth is known, no, 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 we will still resist. But that's a failure to recognize how things really work. You don't get to maintain the shape of things just by the force of your will. That is not how it works. You are not the Green Lantern. I'm sorry to tell you, the universe <laughs> moves your experience and your creativity is a movement. The Mayan people call it, uh, they refer to the nature of it as Hunabku, which is the Great Central Sun. And the literal meaning of that, as I was told by Hunbat's men, was form and movement. And that the Great Central Sun is the highest manifestation in the physical plane of the divine. Basically, if you know, those are clumsy words, but that was kind of the sense of what he was telling us about that energy and so there's a there's a failure to recognize how completely interconnected we are with each other and with everything now these experiences that we're having it points that connectedness out very clearly we can see it we feel it we sense it we see all kinds of evidence of it and the thing is it's conscious and it's playful and the nature of it is ecstatic the real nature of existence, the real nature of the consciousness that makes up all things, all living things, all everything in existence, is, is a joyful, ultimately ecstatic consciousness. So you know what? That is, is, is strange and as wonderful as that sounds. That's very disorienting. That scares the hell out of many of us, right? There's There's a certain amount of deep fear and angst. That a lot of us have. Well, that's the nature of what we're facing and what we're dealing with. It's normal for this to send you round the bend. This will dismantle and you know, and and throw you into discombobulation. It un- it unsettles everything that you could that you thought you could rely on when you have these well, types of insights or experiences.
0: Well, the disclosure. Um It's almost, I think, that the one fellow you were talking about, well, you know, we already know all of this, is he, in a way, saying we're talking to the, you know, we're singing to the choir because everybody that's really um, open to this already knows it, and the other people that aren't open to it won't even tune in.
2: Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, oh, so what? But you know what? It's a defense mechanism. I think if, if we take a step back from this and say, well, let's not get all involved in that argument. There's so much of that going on. We're, you know, we're so quick, and our, our media is full of it, and our attention's full of it. We're so quick to jump into a uh, debate or an argument. But what does it matter? What do all those words matter? It doesn't matter. But there really is, what's real is the experience that we're going through. Forget all the debate What's real is the experience, and so what this is telling us is that we're at a point where we're actually starting to deal. Because even the opponent in the argument is, is, is conceding, well, okay, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> it's real, but we don't want to do anything. You know, we don't want to. You know, we don't want to have to deal with it. You know, but see that that's that's uh, that's desperation, um, and I don't mean to to try to paint them as as being scared and powerless. They certainly have the things that they can exert, and some some of them are very destructive. But the motivation that's behind the um, holding on like that, it, I mean, we know what it is, it's fear. It's fear, and so it's fear and the manipulation of fear, because fear is also a weapon that is being used. And it's we've used it on ourselves, and that's why it's so effective. We've trained ourselves to respond the, you know to the, the, the weapon of fear,
1: but I think the planets now are really um, loosening up this fear you know um, I, I I think you know it looks like and it feels like they're playing in our in our corner to help everything and people not be so fearful um, and it's just giving people a a, a new breath to breathe and going, hey, this could be pretty interesting or could be exciting or Yes. You know? Yes. It, yeah, surviving in a different mode beside in the fear mode. Yeah. And um uh making things more simplistic, getting down to basics, you know, and um and how can we move it forward, you know?
2: Yeah. Well and, and it's it, almost it, like what
1: what you were talking what? about, what you
0: notice becomes like when I look at the stars and they became brighter, it's what we put our focus on comes yeah. alive.
2: Yes. Because that's a natural it's it's the way it's built in. Because attentiveness and consciousness go together, they work together. And okay. and, and when we step back and take a look at it, it's like of course, right. Yeah, you know, we know that. I mean it's so simple to say it. But the what the meaning of it is that what we put what we rea- see the other thing is we've been divided so much in our attention our attentiveness has mostly been focused on all of our thinking well that's the that's one of the, the factors in this you have to get your mind decoupled from all of that thinking activity and what's really there in your mind is something incredibly energetic and powerful but it functions mostly through attentiveness attentiveness is is like the the direct power of consciousness you know it's what we can use to you know, to really find an answer to something. or That's how we love. We're not thinking about doing something loving. We're behaving. We're doing it. And our, our life force and our energy and our heart are involved. They're focused. We're not, you know, if there's a procedure we need to calculate or execute, we do that, but we're focused. We're there. You know, the thinking is secondary. What we're, we're focused on is there. Well, that's, I think, also kind of what we're, what we're learning to work with here. We're, we're, um, uh, we're getting out of the mode where we rely so much and we focus so much all the time on what we're thinking and we're starting to realize we have a much deeper capacity and that the focus of that, the focus of attentiveness is absolutely transformational and we have it. Each of us has it, but we don't use it. It's like having a, it's like having a, a tool, a microscope, or a telescope that's completely out of focus. So it's sitting right there. You could use it any time you want it. You need it. Find the deepest answers. See the greatest depth, See the farthest truth. Well, but it's not, the tool's not being utilized if it's not being focused. So we rely so much on these instruments around us, like the way that we watch the sun, like, We've got to talk about solar flares a little bit before we get done. So we're, we're watching. We have all this scientific instrumentation watching. And what spoke to me this morning as I'm sitting here kind of getting prepared for our discussion is that we need to pay attention to that. And I'm, I pay attention to it. But you know what? There's also, it's not just what the outer instruments tell us. There is an inner instrumentation that we have, which through that attentiveness connects us not just to the news about the sun, but to the sun itself. And this is something that's been borne out uh, in all kinds of hard, hard scientific research, that living systems are interactive. There is a link between them. And the the experimentation that Clive Baxter did on, you know, like the secret life of plants, and there there was these uh, interactions at a great distance, faster than the speed of light, they measured that the changes happened. They were instantaneous. They were faster than the speed of light. Mm-hmm. And the, they registered the connectedness of different living systems like insects and a tree. And you could monitor the electrical activity in either, and if you made a change in one, the other would register it. And there were specific things that they were doing, and they got more and more sophisticated and refined. But we know it now. Attentiveness. Is an imp- impacts the living systems because they're connected through you know their 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 existence and also everything that exists is conscious consciousness and beingness are are two sides of the same the same thing. Well, anyway, so we're we're as we're going through this and I forget exactly how we got onto it at the very beginning. There's a way. That, um, that we are interactive with our experience that we are discovering now more and more and more fully. And so it's taking us out of our usual patterns and pathways of relating to things. And so even this, I was kind of talking about the solar flares, this can take us out of the, 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 uh, the mode of being passive you know, observer and even victim into the role where we realize that our consciousness is active and it's working and it has an impact. So we can actually, through our awareness, resonate with the life and the energy of the sun. And I'm not saying we could, you know, change everything immediately, but there is an impact. There is an effect from the focus of attentiveness. And so I kind of wanted to point that out because we have stories about what's coming up with solar flares. Well, no matter what happens with it, it's also an opportunity for us to expand and experience and explore more and more of how these living systems are connected, including us, including the sun, including the earth. And so what I, you're saying
0: is we, we, could, we could actually slow down the sol- solar flares. We have the ability to do that, just with connecting with the sun?
2: Well, this is what seems obvious to me. We are already interactive with the sun, period and that that there's nobody there's there's no scientist who would stand up and disagree with that or debate that nobody so then the question becomes well how might we interact how might we also because you know if the sun has a big massive solar flare that definitely impacts us that's an inter- interaction Hello. but isn't there likely also some type of of a reaction the other way a feedback the other way and that's what we're discovering right now i think that there's evidence There's certainly some scientific evidence along those lines, but what we're finding now is our own scientific evidence using our own inner instrumentation. So there's an instrumentation inside of every individual, right? But there's a greater level of that instrumentation that exists within humanity as a whole. So we are also finding out about that as we go through all of this, too. The questions about civilization, you know, that's also a question about where we are at um, uh, together, how we function together, how we work together, how we help each other.
0: Well, it's, it's, I just read an article about a forest and how all the trees in a forest are all their energy and their everything's connected. So yes. if you uh, take down one tree, the whole forest feels it. So I think that is, you know, it just. Is that way um, in everything
2: we touch apparently, apparently, so I mean so we understand that, and we can observe it, we can even scientifically validate it, explore it, and validate it. But what happens very slowly then is the implications of that have to kind of wash through our our consciousness, and then they have their impact. Like we discovered about a hundred years ago that we live in a galaxy. Well, right now we're actually starting to have the daily, nightly experience of what that means. Right? It takes time. Now, there's a way that that gets accelerated. That process will naturally happen, but there's a way that it gets accelerated. And it's ridiculously simple. It's attention. Attention is and part that, of the synergy.
0: And that's power, That's part of our power.
2: Yes. I mean, we give Absolutely. up our... Yeah. That's, that's I, the good I, news.
0: Yes. I like your uh, example of the the uh, microscope when it's out of focus. Yeah. And then you, all you have to do is focus it. So that's really a, uh, a good example of how we are in life. Thanks. So, um, is there anything coming up to for the rest of the year?
2: Well, I think that this this thing with the solar flares is worth watching because that's a big, big unknown. I, mean,
1: oh, yeah. I remember
2: hearing, and it's funny because it's been a moving target, because um, I remember hearing back in the mid-late part of the decade that they were expecting this solar cycle to be a big deal. And originally they were thinking that that might happen early, that it might happen more like around 2010. And uh, although I think there were some some flares in that time, it ended up being fairly calm. And then then they thought it would happen later. Well, and now they're thinking, I heard somebody say last year, they said, no, nah, it's actually going to be calm. Because it had been calm up to that point. And I think it's a changing story because now we're seeing it, it, it get charged up again. Um, I know NASA
0: is really worried about it.
2: Yeah, well, I think that's reasonable. I mean, I've heard Michio Kaku stand up and almost scream that this is a, this is an urgent situation that our power grid cannot handle um, a moderate to really big um, flare. That it's, it's it would be absolutely catastrophic. So here we're faced with that. I mean, it, but the funny thing is, is that our ideas about things and how things actually move are two different things. Right? And that's the thing. We we frequently discover that our ideas, what we suppose, all our theories, are different. And the problem is that we've been overly reliant on both on theories and ideas and authoritarians. You know, people who write theories, um, and we haven't been recognizing enough what that is inside us. Where where the authority is actually inside of ourselves. So I think that's very much at the Forefront of what we're immersed in what we're discovering right now
0: hmm. are you there Tess?
1: yeah, I'm here oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering what what uh what about may twenty fifth there's a portal opening. Do you know anything um how that is going to be working with um and things like that?
2: Well, there is another eclipse, interestingly, that will happen. Then there's going to be like today. There's a partial lunar eclipse. Uh, there's going to be a solar eclipse on the ninth, and then on the 24th, 25th, there's going to be uh, a, a uh, another lunar eclipse, and that one might be partially visible. For us, but I think it's kind of ending. If I looked, if I understood the graphic that I looked at, I think it's ending just as the moon rises for us. So we'll only see a little bit of it, but we will see some. Like in this eclipse today, there's none of it that that we'll be able to see. Um, you know, I I think that um, this w- this big influence for us right now is Pluto and uh, Uranus. And that that is going to continue to be strong through 2015 and maybe beyond that. And uh, some manifestations for Pluto square Uranus can be daunting. I mean, just great, profound disagreements and fighting, even war, uh, especially if, if Pluto gets oppressive. Um, but we've actually come through because of the sat- position of Saturn. We were kind of in a T square where Saturn was opposing Uranus and squaring Pluto. And that was going on, that was pretty intense, and that was going on uh, through last year. Um, And I think more especially in the summer, because then there was T-squares with the sun around the summer solstice, and so we had a great energetic intensity in there. And uh, so we're going to have some similar uh, grand square kind of things that are going to be happening this summer. Uh, but they will be a little bit farther evolved. So I I take heart in what we've been through already because now the position of of Saturn is more like a sextile to Pluto. So that means they're working a little bit more collaboratively. Karma and transformation are working a little bit more collaboratively. So there's an opportunity um, to use that energy for for different things. It's where your focus is, right? But with it is certainly an opportunity to... uh, uh, to focus and bring more of the uh, transformation of our circumstance. Uh, well, it
1: looks like maybe maybe the healing power of 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 our human heart. You know what I mean? It's yeah. The I, I, and that's what I'm kind of getting. I'm kind of getting this feeling of it's it's such a wide um, scope here. It it begins with the truth opening and and people begin to really talk in in a deeper conscious level than they've ever been able to do before. And, um, you know, there's other, you know, Russia and Brazil and all these other countries are well alert of what's happening at this present time, Um, but our country has been kind of squashed a little bit in this aspect, a little bit, what is that kind of term? (laughs) Um, But... But it's like um, you know, there's no longer that ability for them. For the planets are creating a situation. It looks like that no longer are the people in control. It's like the planets are opening the hearts Hmm. to the point where maybe what it's imparting, what really ought to be imparted.
2: Very. I think that's a lovely uh, observation. And I have a, I have a thought I can reply with, but I wanna, you know, see if as you Yeah, go ahead. that wants to add to it. Okay, so here's here's how I would reply. We look back over the experience of the last 40, 50 years, because we're connected through this Pluto Square Uranus to the Pluto conjunct uranus, which happened in the mid sixties. So we look at our adventure, because it's all part of a story. It's not just what's happening now. It's part of that whole cycle, and it's part of our entire experience in this world together. But certainly, in the last 50 years, the story of the last 50 years is, is telling. It's important. So there was a transformation process that started then, and there was a, there was a discovery process that started. And how this resonates for me with what you just said, a big part of that was the environmental awareness, environmental movement starting to become more conscious and more responsive towards the quality of, of our environment for all of us. But, you know, mm-hmm. certainly for, you know, trying to make, make, uh, make things work better, at least to be more um, uh, survivable, at least that. We've been trying to do that with mixed success, right? But perhaps the story, perhaps there's a much deeper story, You know, we've done our best to try to be environmentally aware, but maybe there's a much deeper story. It's it's not just that we must care for our environment, but it's also that our environment cares for us and that there is attentiveness also within our environment. And the attentiveness of our environment, which includes the way that it takes form and the way that it moves and evolves, it also loves us and supports us. And so the environmental movement was a resonance back towards the, the caring consciousness of the universe around us. And now the universe around us is actually beginning to manifest, just like what you're pointing to, not just with the positions of the planets, but those are resonances to the action of the universe moving around us and supportive, like a mother. Um, mm-hmm. to say, well, you are my child. You may be a bad child. <laughs> At times you may be a terror. <laughs> but i love you with a ferocity you know and there are times that you can feel that uh that kind of intensity in in what lives around us everywhere and what also fills us there's there is a a, a knowing conscious loving um presence in that so i think that that we're responding to that. We can't help but respond to that. That's also becoming more available to us. We're getting up to a point where we can now actually sense that and respond to it. And that is part of what's evolved over these last 50 years. How does that strike you?
0: Mm-hmm. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> I mean, beautiful. Yeah. There's, evidence,
2: yeah, for There's yeah. evidence for it. There's direct evidence for it. We're observing it. We are the, we are the direct. Science. See the science. I label it, Amit Goswami says that the science that we are. We must evolve, and we are bound to evolve towards a science that takes into account not just the outer experience, but also the subjective experience. That that is just as much knowledge, just as much science. And so, aren't we? I mean, he says this is something that we may perhaps should think about. No, I, and I think maybe he would agree with this what's already happening. You can't help it. You cannot avoid it. It's going to happen. It's going to manifest. It's going to become more and more readily recognizable and part of our experience, and that's already occurring.
1: Yeah, the transformation of, excuse me, unresolved uh, emotional wounding that's been happening, and it's it's like, um, wow, it it is so powerful, Uh, um, you know, to be able to have, this gift given back to us, and like you said, you know the even the plants know what, what we're thinking <laughs> and um and and, it, and they're they're playing back and forth and giving us the support, the mother Earth is giving us the support in making all of this transition. it's just really beautiful and um i, I because we can really feel it now,
2: yeah. I mean,
1: you look and you can really feel it i
2: self evident we, these think we're talking about things which are not just ideas, these are self evident truths that we that we can feel that we can directly mm-hmm. observe i mean yeah. and this is not it's not just you and me and Paula right it's everybody this is something so we're having again, as we touched on at the beginning, this is a little bit of a resonance of poetry, a commentary on the on the the celestial weather for the moment, and this is something we're all mm-hmm. bound. Together in in that beautiful divine rainstorm, it's it's pouring on us right now. It's raining the soul. And well, uh, could
0: it be like the hundred monkeys theory too? I mean, the more of us that climb aboard, it's easier for the ones behind us to resonate with what's happening. Yeah, yeah, synergy. Yeah.
2: Synergy. That's a, the big lesson, isn't it? Synergy has an impact. I mean, attentiveness yeah. is synergistic.
1: We don't even have to say anything. It's our internal sound within us that's just literally, um, just begging for this to manifest. It's like, we're ready, we're ready, give it to us. <laughs> you know? It's, it's <laughs> just love upon our planet. Just, you know, let it just blossom, let it just come full full blossom you know it's just really beautiful and uh like i i was going to say i don't think it's almost like we don't even have to say anything mother earth knows that this is where we're going and we're and we know that's where we're going to that's the funny part about it huh? yeah
2: there's there is it, there is something that's becoming recognizable in all sorts of places and it's not anything that we have to believe in um there's no belief required um, it's yeah. the nature of 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 existence and experience, and it's a living thing, and it doesn't stay in one form. it transforms and moves and grows constant constantly and our attentiveness is a big factor in that well we've held a dysfunctional focus and the focus there 's another word for the focus of your consciousness it's your state there is a synergy that exists between circumstance. And experience and the key factor is your state it's the way that you focus your attentiveness and this is a main focus in the stuff that i've been exploring and learning about for these last few years and that's what i'm trying to do now uh like you guys helped me explore something today together we kind of delved into something and that's kind of it's connected and resonant with the things that i'm finding about how the, the the tools that are built into our consciousness are, actually work. We have tools that are not yet used. And now mm-hmm. we're exploring and learning how to do those. So I, I appreciate that. And it's fun, to say the least, and uh, it's fun to do it with you guys. I appreciate you inviting me. Oh, in. so
1: yeah, you we like
2: our hearts
0: we went a little bit deeper than we thought we were going to today so that's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. Tony, it just um thank you for helping us look at life in a different way and um you know, being more conscious of what we're experiencing throughout the day. And uh I, I think that that's you know, a real a real jewel that you always present to us each time you're with us and Thanks. Thank you for doing that.
2: Well, I thank you guys for hanging in there and doing your show. It's I know it's a lot of work. It's a lot of love and devotion to do it. So I'm glad you're doing it, and I really appreciate you sharing that blessing with me and mm-hmm. with everybody who's listening. Also, thank you for sharing your experience, for tuning in and listening, and maybe sharing the, uh, the links with other people who might also enjoy it.
0: Well, give out your... Uh, website one more time, and and maybe we'll, I'll look at later this afternoon some things you're going to put up. Yeah,
2: I'll post a few things. Uh, go to ncrising.com New Consciousness Rising ncrising.com And then uh, where I'm going to post this stuff is probably mostly on um, Twitter. And so right near the top of the page you see, you can you know connect on Twitter. Follow that link where you can go directly to Twitter and put at N-C-Rising, and, and there's a, there's a um, uh, stream of things that I post on at a somewhat sporadic basis. That's kind of like how I do, um, you know, periodic um, updates. Sometimes it's just a one-word thing or just a few phrases that I'll put up or a photo about something that's going on, and I'll make a comment or write a poem about it, and it'll wind up there. Often it'll wind up there.
1: Mm-hmm. Very Thank cute. you. Yeah. yeah.
2: Thank you, guys.
0: Have a great day, Tony, and have a happy birthday. Celebrate Thank well you. for us. Thank
2: you. And i got to get the link for this, you guys. Let me get the link from you as soon as you, that's available, okay?
0: Okay. 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 No
2: Thanks so much. I look forward to talking uh-huh. again soon.
0: Well, that certainly will happen.
2: <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.
0: Goodbye.